RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines, the Commissioner for Transport, Rosanna Law, has tested positive for COVID-19 after taking a rapid antigen test. She last went to work on Friday and is currently in isolation. Health Secretary Lo Chang Mao says the government will include... It will introduce a health code system that will make use of Leave Home, the Leave Home Safe app to identify COVID patients. And in Beijing, former Justice Minister Fu Zhenghua is being prosecuted for alleged corruption. He's accused of taking bribes and violating the law for personal gain. The Commissioner for Transport, Rosanna Law, has tested positive for COVID-19 after taking a rapid antigen test. She last went to work on Friday and is currently in isolation. The government says her office has been thoroughly cleaned and disinfected. Staff members there are required to test themselves on a regular basis. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says the government will make use, better use of technology to improve anti-epidemic work, including introducing a health code system to identify COVID patients. Speaking on an RTH programme, Dr Lo said authorities are looking at how to incorporate the new function to the Leave Home Safe app and hope to introduce it as soon as possible. He said a considerable number of infected people are allowed to isolate at home instead of being sent to quarantine facilities and a mechanism is needed to make sure they don't go about the community spreading the coronavirus. People who are not infected or are not at risk can rest assured that those infected would not be roaming the streets or even going to high-risk places like hospitals or care homes and posing danger to the elderly. Sometimes people mix up so-called freedom and selfishness. People who are infected should not have the freedom to casually move about and affect our health. A director at a hotel chain has welcomed the dropping of Hong Kong's flight suspension mechanism, saying it gives travellers more stability and clarity over their bookings. The mechanism was scrapped on Thursday, meaning flight routes will no longer be cancelled if they bring in too many COVID-positive passengers. Mel Vastin, director of operations at Ovolo Hotels, told RTHK there hadn't been a surge in bookings since, as his hotels were mostly full anyway. Provided everyone more clarity, less stress for the people trying to come back to Hong Kong. So, uh, yeah, more clarity, more stability in our bookings. But uh, it's the same number of people trying to come back into Hong Kong. So there is no additional booking since last Thursday. The number of cases in Macau's ongoing COVID outbreak has risen to 1,526 after the gambling hub reported 59 new infections. Streets in the SAR have been quiet and empty, with casinos and all non-essential businesses being forced to shut on the first day of a week-long suspension. Residents must stay at home unless they need to buy supplies, get tested for COVID or are deemed essential workers. Former Justice Minister Fu Zhenghua is being prosecuted for alleged corruption. He's accused of taking bribes and violating the law for personal gain. The former senior official was expelled from the Communist Party in March and arrested a month later. 
Overseas, Japan's governing coalition has increased its majority in the upper house of parliament after yesterday's election. Exit polls show that the Liberal Democratic Party and Komeito won 76 seats of the 125 contested. That's seven more than it previously had. The result will strengthen Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's aim to reform Japan's pacifist post-war constitution. This was the ambition of the former LDP Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was assassinated on Friday. Mr Kishida has said a bill will be presented to Parliament to debate constitutional reform, but that economic revival was his immediate priority. The Speaker of the Sri Lankan Parliament says President Gotabaya Rajapaksa fled the island following the storming of the presidential palace, but Mahinda Yapa Abe Wardena, a member of the President's governing party, insisted that Mr Rajapaksa would return by Wednesday when he's promised to resign. Reports indicate he's still in Sri Lankan territorial waters. The BBC's Ambrasan Etarajan has more. Gotabaya Rajapaksa has the strong backing of the military so far. So for him to go outside the country will not be a very suitable idea because during the civil war, which ended in 2009, he was the defense minister. Defense secretary is facing allegations of human rights violations and killings of several civilians and Tamil Tiger rebel leaders. He denies the charges, so he can be prosecuted or many other in places people would be wanting to take him to court for those allegations. So for him, at the moment, Sri Lanka is the best place to stay. A leak of documents has shown how the ride-hailing firm Uber secretly lobbied politicians across Europe to change laws to benefit its business. Among the allegations are that France's Emmanuel Macron personally guaranteed in 2014 that laws would be changed and that a former European commissioner lobbied for Uber during the period after leaving office. Both deny any malpractice. The documents also show that Uber's lobbying budget for 2016 was 90 million US dollars. Sue Hawley from the campaign group Spotlight on Corruption is concerned. The bottom line is that companies spend that amount of money because they want to influence decision-making, it gives them access. The danger is that if people start to think politicians are making cosy deals behind closed doors, they lose trust in democracy. It undermines the fabric of our society and the health of our democracy. A Saudi dissident and political activist has been killed in Lebanon. A Saudi opposition group in exile says that Manea al-Yami was stabbed to death and has called for a clear and transparent investigation. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The killing of Manea al-Yami in Beirut has set the rumour mill flying. Without naming him, the Lebanese security forces say that a Saudi citizen was stabbed to death by his two brothers, who've since been arrested and confessed to his murder for what are described as family reasons. The Saudi ambassador to Lebanon, Walid al-Buhari, has expressed confidence in the Lebanese authorities' efforts to get to the bottom of his death. But the Saudi opposition group, Naz, which al-Yami himself set up, has said he died in suspicious circumstances and demanded a full investigation. US President Biden says he has asked officials to check whether he has the authority to declare an abortion-related public health emergency. On Friday, he signed an executive order to help women obtain pills to end pregnancies and to allow them to travel to states where they can still get a termination. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. 
Ever since the Supreme Court's ruling, Joe Biden has been under growing pressure from his own supporters to take immediate action to protect women who choose to have an abortion. The president has said the only way to change the situation is through a national law that reinstates the reproductive rights of women. But that would require more Democrats to be elected to Congress. The White House has said the declaration of an abortion-related public health emergency is being considered. Although such a move is bound to be challenged in the courts, rescuers in Ukraine are continuing to search for some 20 people who are believed to be under the rubble of an apartment block in eastern Ukraine that was largely destroyed in a Russian rocket attack. At least 15 people were killed in Saturday's attack in the town of Chazivyar in the Donetsk region. There were also heavy strikes 200 kilometers to the north in Ukraine's second city, Kharkiv, close to the border with Russia. Maria Avdiva is research director at the European Expert Association and a Kharkiv resident. She said the bombardment had been relentless. For the last um, two weeks, Russia is constantly uh, showering the city with rockets, and uh, it's, it will be ballistic uh, rocket strikes that happen uh, all over the city. Uh, so, if before Russia was mostly using multi-rocket uh, ro- multi-rocket launchers. And uh, they were targeting residential areas to the north and east of Kharkiv. So previously, you could uh, like uh, suggest where the next hit will happen. So now it happens randomly all over the city. And these ballistic missiles—they are supersonic. It means that people usually don't hear any sound, and sometimes air sirens don't work. So it will be just an unexpected huge explosion uh, anywhere. In the city, uh, Kharkiv was always uh, one of the main Russian goals. It is the second largest city of Ukraine and the largest city in eastern Ukraine, and the closest to the Russian border. It's only 40 kilometers away, so Russia can uh, can use Iskander missiles from the territory of Belgorod region into Kharkiv uh, almost every day, and that's what is happening. And of course, this is the tactics of uh, Russia terrorizing and intimidating civilian population. The city is almost deadly empty. There are no people on the streets. People are terrified because they have to uh, take, like, stay at homes, and they are advised not to go outside because you would never know uh, when the next trial will happen. And the people have only a few. Seconds to take cover and go to a safer place if they hear air siren. The South African president Cyril Ramaphosa has said he cannot allow violent criminals to terrorize people. Following the murder of 19 people in two separate shootings in bars, four people were shot dead in a tavern in the city of Pietermaritzburg in KwaZulu-Natal, but a much deadlier attack came in Soweto. There, 15 people were killed in a bar by gunmen, apparently firing at random. Here's the BBC's Andrew Harding. All of the dead were young men living in deep poverty on the edge of Johannesburg. Police Commissioner Elias Mawela said the attackers were armed with automatic weapons. The killings have sparked deep anger here. Nearly two thirds of young South Africans are unemployed. The economy has been hit hard by COVID, and political tensions are on the rise. Since Friday, three attacks in three different bars have killed more than 20 people. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,117, 608 points down on the previous close. 
turnover stands at 66 billion. In the currencies, the US dollar is currently trading at 136.95 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and one cent. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. Sport now, and we start with tennis at Wimbledon. In steps Djokovic. He's trying to win it here. It and he has! And Novak Djokovic raises his arms in victory at a seventh Wimbledon title. A 21st Grand Slam title overall. Novak Djokovic fought back from a set down against Australia's Nick Kyrgios to claim his fourth consecutive Wimbledon title, his seventh in total. Only Roger Federer has more. He also moved one behind Rafael Nadal's record of 22 men's majors. After the win, Djokovic spoke about how much Wimbledon means to him. It's always has been and will be the most special tournament in my heart, the one that motivated me, inspired me to start playing tennis. My first image of tennis was grass and Wimbledon, and I always dreamed of coming here, just playing in this court, and then, of course, uh, realizing the childhood dream and winning this trophy. And, I, uh, you know, every single time it's, it gets more and more meaningful and special, and so I'm, I'm very blessed and very thankful to, to be standing here with, it, with the trophy. It was the first Grand Slam final defeat for Kyrgios, who's been exhausted by the experience. I'm so tired. Myself, my team, I think we're all exhausted. You know, we played so much tennis. Um, but I definitely uh, need a well-earned vacation after this one. Um, so I'm just really happy with this result. It's probably the best of my career. And hopefully, maybe one day, um, I'll be here again. Charles Leclerc got his Formula One campaign back on track with a commanding performance to win the Austri Austrian Grand Prix. The Ferrari driver held off his title rival, Max Verstappen of Red Bull, while Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes came third. Leclerc's win, third win of the season puts him 38 points behind Verstappen in the standings. More from the BBC's Jack Nichols. Leclerc's relief was plain to see as he took his first victory since the 10th of April. He had to work hard for it, overtaking Max Verstappen in the early stages and then having to overtake him a further two times. His throttle was sticking open towards the end of the Grand Prix, but he held on to take victory. It should have been a 1-2 for Ferrari, but Carlos Sainz retired from second place, meaning Verstappen finished second. So Leclerc only chipped six points away at Verstappen's title advantage, which is now 38 points heading to the French Grand Prix in two weeks' time. And the weather, fine and very hot today with a maximum temperature of about 34 degrees, moderate east to southeasterly winds. The outlook, mainly fine and very hot in the next couple of days. It will be slightly cloudier with a few showers in the later part of this week. The current temperature is 34 degrees with humidity of 63%. And the top story is once again, the Commissioner for Transport, Rosanna Law, has tested positive for COVID-19 after taking a rapid antigen test. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says the government will, will introduce a health code system that will make use of the Leave Home Safe app to identify COVID patients. And in Beijing, former Justice Minister Fu Zhenghua is being prosecuted for alleged corruption. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 11th of July is today's date. I hope you all had a great weekend and ready to rock and roll in this week. We've got a busy program for you this afternoon. On Monday, we're going to be talking about our health and fitness. And in particular, we're going to be catching up with...